this is Steve, and Jeff, and Ryan is back here, Jeff's son. Hello! We're, we, we just finished the Los Angeles Gathering. The LA Gathering, which is today's date. It's the 22nd, April 22nd, 2017. Um, so I'll start out by saying a little bit about today. Today was also the day that there was the Record Store Day show um, at Fingerprints Music in Long Beach. I made it down there. There's a pretty good crowd. Um, it sounded great, um, but it was too crowded to actually buy a record. So I was happy to say that we were able to buy the Man in the Camo Jacket vinyl LP at the Gathering USA. So what were your overall impressions of the Gathering USA, Jeff? Um, <coughs> LA Gathering LA USA. Gathering. Okay, one, the, my overall impression was that Richard Blade was sitting right in front of me. Richard Blade was there, and Richard Blade actually dances to alarm songs. Like Richard Blade is a is a music nerd. He's a music nerd, but it's awesome. But he likes music. He's an which awesome is really dude. Cool. Um, he's um, he still looks <coughs> like he's thirty five. But my overall impression was just ass kickery. Yeah, <laughs> um, I want to say. Oh, let's go back. Richard Blade is writing a book, and he said that he thought that that the alarm fig figured prominently in his story, which is interesting. Anyway. Enough about Richard Blade, but it was really cool that Richard Blade was there. I mean, we all know Richard <coughs> Blade is, is um, the new romantics were more a figure in um, in the pop in the popularity on K Rock, which really got them pushed over the edge. But there were some rock bands, and he did mention a few of them, and we all know the Alarm was one of them. And um, so it's going to figure into his book, which sounds fantastic. Sounds cool, and I'll, I like to say that like. Um, and by the way, we're driving home in a car, so that's what the audio sounds like it does. Um, I want to say that... Um, it also might sound like you're in a recording studio. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. The car does not um, have a lot of sound. It's electric. That I did record some of the interview that Mike and Richard Blade did in after the movie between that and the concert. So we'll probably put in a little bit of that because there were some interesting questions and answers. So the man in the camo jacket. Oh, wait a minute. Before we get there, Ryan... What'd you think about the whole thing? Ryan is only twelve, and he um, he is a, an alarm fan. Um, in now, some, na well, he's <laughs> played him songs. He likes some alarm songs. What did you think of it, little man? You're up late. It was good. It was it was damn good. It was, I, did you like the songs? Yeah. Did I, you like the Man in the Camel Jacket movie? Was it, it was inspiring? A good movie. It, was, it was. I'm just gonna say it's a good documentary movie. Oh. Hey, you know that's more than Ryan's teachers can get out of him. So hey, you know, so I, I thought the, I thought, um, I thought the movie was really well done, um, very well made. Uh, I know Russ Kendall worked on it. Um, he, he was the director, and and I, I met Russ before, and he's a really cool guy, and uh, I was pretty sure it was going to come out well. But is it, Russ the one who interviewed you, Steve? Uh, no, Russ Alarm was not historian. there. Um, so what Jeff is referring to is that a couple years ago, 20, 2013, um, <clears throat> I, I went down to a studio in Santa Monica and did a two-hour interview for this, for the movie. Now, the same film crew, um, and James Chippendale was there, as well as the photographer, who's really cool, who's a, who, who was photographer from the movie, too, as well. Um, I, I got to think of his name, but he was, he was cool. All those guys were there, and we did a two-hour interview, and I'm, I believe they did the same thing with, like, 50 other people. Um, so I had no illusions that anything that I said 
would actually make it into the movie. But it actually did, and in some ways, it was it was a little embarrassing. Were there two or three? Well, there was. There's two shots of me and talking. And one of you speaking, right? One of and it was speaking. not embarrassing at all. Steve, I, well, you said I great think, stuff. I think the point where I said something about the how um, the band sort of uh, made a big mistake by not getting back together with Mike. I think it it made me sound like a jerk, <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be that way. But I think as those I have to admit, as the those interviews got going, that was probably an hour in. Right, you're getting got a little punchy, you're probably a little tired, <laughs> probably a little bit thirsty. Yeah, and he's asked you what 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 um, when when after bands reunited. They didn't get back together, and you brought something and, and you like, were like yeah, I was like, "Well, they made a huge mistake." I said, "I said, I think, I think, I, I don't remember what the actual quote is to see the movie, but it was that, and, was and there's a, there was a quote about UCLA, and then something else that I can't remember. But I was very pleased that some of it made it in there. I was I was nearly positive nothing would have, um, so it was nice to be part of that alarm movie. Um, so in general, Jeff, what did you think of? The story of the documentary. I mean, you know a lot of the story um, already. I think they did a really good job of um, of showing uh, and telling the Mike Peters story. They didn't. Um, if anyone sees the uh, original pr- uh, preview, the two and a half minute preview, uh, a lot of, has been recut, and so the <clears throat> same exact content is not in the movie. It's in there in a different way, but it's not exactly the same. So I was looking for things that I had heard. But I didn't hear them or see them because they were they were not necessarily eliminated. They just weren't in the movie. That's that's right. The I mean, I mean, this but, happens but, all the time. Know, when, when you when you the the previews for Star Wars Rogue Squadron had almost nearly all the content. In those was not was, in the actual yeah, movie. I so I I, I <laughs> loved Billy Corrigan's um, interview. That's what yeah, Billy Corrigan was that. cool. Uh, Martha Quinn stood out. She stood out. Uh, and, um, Richard Blade Richard stood Blade out. Richard Blade stood out. Um, Slim Jim Phantom stood out. Um, there were a lot of great ones. Yeah, in there. there's. I mean, that's just that's just naming a few of the people that. Cy Cernan s- stood out. Um. Uh. uh even had uh, uh, Danny Cohen. Um, Jules old, is in there, of Jules, course. Was their old roadie? Um, what was his name? Who's who's now who had that show on the BBC? Also, I want to say Red Eye, but it's not. It's whatever. He was hilarious. <laughs> um. He, uh. So, it was the movie. And the way it's constructed is very good. I thought there would be a little bit more... I'm not going to criticize it at all. I just thought there would be a little more camo jacket in Man in the Camo Jacket. Oh, well, I think they... You know, I mean, he wears a camo jacket most... What did but, you want them to do? Like, discuss his wardrobe? Like, what What do you mean by that? Um, nothing. I just <coughs> thought that I would see more camo jacket. That's I all. think there was enough camo jacket. There was a good amount of camo jacket. I like that they didn't focus on the camo jacket. Um, I think it's I think it's very good. I think the cool thing is that we when you and I went and saw them in River Mike Peters travel with Jules when when he found that he was sick and hadn't told anyone. Right. We I mean, saw a show <laughs> in, in Riverside where he got on stage and he had at the National single, Orange Show. Yes, and he had a single on the radio on that radio station. He didn't play it. It was the um, shine on, shine on, and he um, and basically people probably said, "Who's the man in the camo jacket?" And basically that's where it comes from. <laughs> I could not be. necessarily, but <laughs> I'm just saying that basically is it. Like, who's that dude in the camo jacket? And you, and you see lots of pictures of him from back then, and he looks exactly like Kurt Cobain. Yeah, he looks just like Kurt Cobain. That was that was nutty. It was nutty. He looks just like Kurt Cobain. 
Yeah, I didn't realize Young that. Peter's at the time. in a camel jacket with his with his goatee and his long blonde hair. Um, looks like Kurt Cobain. Anyway, so for me though, having never seen any part of it all before, it was really good. It was better than many documentaries that I see on um, on uh, Netflix. So I'm hoping that it gets there and it gets a lot of people. It was and it gets super better. So I've, I watch I watch lots of Netflix doc documentaries about music. There's a ton on there, right? My one of my favorites was was the Twisted Sister documentary. Um, which covers everything up until when they got famous. And that's a pretty cool documentary, but it is long, and and it really tries to pull Twisted Sisters, like, the, the lore out of them, you know, like, like it stretches the Twisted Sister lore. I, I liked I, about this one. This one is packed and, and really only, like, alludes to certain things. It's pretty dense uh, uh, with content, doesn't play every single... Um, does show the the major shows has a, some actually some content that I'd never seen before. I mean, show wise, there's some pretty um, funny personal videos of Mike Peters in there. Yeah. Um, okay. The one his his video to Jules. Don't it, don't oh, ruin it. Don't no spoilers. Jules, no spoilers. When he's on the road is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my yeah, life. It's really funny. No, we're not um, going to spoil. The sorry, thing. I didn't want to spoil. You're right. I, it's <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, what did you think, Steve? Um. I thought that it was a really well-made doc- documentary. I I thought I th- I I thought that um, that it told a great story. Um, admittingly, I you know I I know I know a lot more about James Chippendale than I did, did before, um, and I think that that that's a that's a good thing. He's a he's a really good partner to Mike, and it's really cool to see like how that how that relationship. Grew and adjusted, and, and the story from. of his um, and, and his, his guy cancer, which yeah, no one's really heard before and, that much. is fantastic. It's really cool. Um, again, no spoilers here, but I think that added to, um, you know, Mike's story, obviously, which is which is fantastic. And they did they don't even tell the whole thing. Like no. there's, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I think at some point when you know Mike Peters, you know, the third bout of cancer, it's like almost like too much for the movie, right? Like it's like. Not again, which is which is really sad. But I mean, they didn't. It was like too way. You know, it was already emotionally, you know, like hard hitting enough. Yeah. To um, to. Uh, I wish they had been able to show a little bit of the um, of the poppies falling from the sky. They showed them at the a end. A little bit more. I mean, yeah, I not trying to spoil the, the movie or anything. Um, I think a lot of people know how it ends. Yeah. I mean, there's no no need to spoil the ending. Um, so I mean we won't. So what, I, so what did you think about the the um, the, the Q and A? There are some interesting questions so that we're going to try to get those stuck in there. Uh, um, yeah, I think there's a great question in the Q and A, which will. I mean, we could even cut it for, in right here. So someone asked in the Q and A, um, uh, what it was Floyd from. Of uh, course, it was Floyd. Floyd's ordeal asked a question about like what's the one thing that Mike Peters that he would like people to remember him for and um, I want you to hear the answer in context right now Floyd? I, oh hi Floyd <laughs> um, First of all I want to say the movie was absolutely fantastic that was, that was an amazing movie very well produced and a very very good movie um, you've accomplished a lot of amazing things not only from uh, being in just a, a great band, but also this whole thing with love, hope, and strength. What is the one thing that you want all of us to remember you by? Um, 
Good question, yeah, he flummoxed me there. Um, as a friend, there you go. You know, someone who came to the world was in your corner, you know, and I kicked you down. I got this, you know, wave the towel, get back in there. That's what I always thought our music, you know, Muhammad Ali had Angelo Dundee. Yeah. I hope to think the fans out there are like the alarm got Mike Peters in their corner. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. So, so yeah, so so that was a good one. So uh, it's a pretty good answer. Good answer. Um, and um, I really like the guy's question to Richard Blade. What was that? Was that one? You'll hear it. Oh yeah, it. let's cut it in right let's now. Cut it in right now. And on the TV shows that I was doing, Video One and MV3. I don't know if anyone watched that in Los Angeles. Yeah. This guy here has been taking the photos, produced all those shows. Peter Fazer, you know, to us, we would talk about the different bands and we would group them together. We would group, you know, Duran and Spandau and, in a way, uh, OMD and Visage, the new romantics. But we also had our rockers. And to Peter and I, there was uh, a pantheon of great rockers. And it was Simple Minds. It was The Alarm. It was U2. And who am I forgetting? Big, maybe Big Country. But over here, Big Country were nowhere near as big as they were in the UK. But it was definitely those three. It was... The Alarm, Simple Minds, and U2. And for the longest time, there was, particularly in the early days of Video One, there was no difference between them. It was really 85 and onwards that U2 took off. So it, it's hard to say why one band soars and the other one stays the same. But for their fans, to me, it was as much... Peter, I'm writing a book, okay? I haven't announced this yet, but... One of the things, Peter and I had a meeting, and the alarm is important to me in the book. And Peter said, what about you too? And I said, well, I didn't really interact with you too. He said, yes, you did. You did the live broadcast on television for the Rattle and the Hunt premiere. I'd forgotten that I was there with Bono and the guys when they were playing. I remember everything about this guy. So, to me, he's a bigger star than them. So, so I, I want to go get... Richard Blade said that the guy who produced... MV3 and Video One was there as well. He was sitting right him. in front of me too. Um, yeah. And uh, well, and I, were, I guys were dancing around. So wanted to ask him a question about Video One or MV3, MV3. But I I feel Those like those are our local video shows for anyone who didn't grow up in Southern California. Because I don't know if they were syndicated. I may, may have been syndicated for all I know, but I don't know. Um, no, it was totally different. A local video show that showed the stand a bunch of times, and and then which showed Midnight Oil a lot. Um, but they played a lot of Aha. Um, <laughs> they like they, they like love that Aha song. Yeah, that song. Yeah, exactly. take on me, right? Great song. And they played Thompson Twins and and things like that a lot. So it was you know they got the banana alarm. banana rama. Yeah, banana rama. They got the alarm every once in a while. They really were not an everyday thing. They were every few every days. Every few days or you know when yeah, six eight guns stand. Uh, I didn't see too many other ones after that, but I don't remember um, watching that too much. Um, later on in high school um, The show Mike started playing acoustic at the beginning um, Played just an Incredible version of the, a song That's going to come on the second record Yeah, uh, peace. Uh, peace Now Is it Peace? It, it's, peace? it's Peace It's always either Peace Now or Peace It's the one that some people may have heard or seen in concert Where he talks about uh, 
no guitars in the War Machine. Yeah, let's let's cut in a tiny bit of that. You have some of that? Yeah, I do. Fantastic. He says freedom on the garage wall. show was great again and, you know um, Mike with his beatbox he um, says like um, unfortunately during the show the deceiver broke but um, up until um, the um, they when they did an acoustic show uh, Mike did about mm, I would say 10 songs and then he did another maybe 10 electric and the electric was a pseudo electric show um, Smiley just kicking butt on drums uh, James Stevenson playing bass but like but incredible bass and Mike playing lead guitar on the Deceiver, so a lot of the lead that usually would think would be played by, you know, on a, by James was actually played on the Deceiver by Mike, and it sounds really good. But in the middle of of, of uh, Spirit of '76, the Deceiver broke. Did it break? Yeah, well, they, the um, one of the one of that's why he had to change to the um, to the other uh, white guitar. Oh, oh, that's um, right, he did. And no, he changed to the Deceiver <coughs> from. Anyway, whatever he was playing, he was not playing the black guitar, and he changed it up in the middle in the middle of the show, where they ended up the show with um, with uh, one guitar, which sounded great, um, and then um, just another incredible version of the cross. Oh, no, that that made me want to ask Mike if Billy Duffy played on that original version. I know because Billy Duffy is just an incredible guitar player. Now, I do think James can play just as well as Billy when it gets to those gets to the alarm song. So, I don't think you know. I think there's very little separating those two as guitar players. Um, yeah, but as a as a show, the um, the it was 90 minutes. Actually, went on more than that. It ended up being like like all, almost 100 almost yeah, 100 minutes. It was a little over time there, but and we're in a in a um, in a theater that was um, supposed to be the James Bridge um, Theater in UCLA. A, um, only a um, an acoustic theater. I'm, I'm sorry. There's uh, I'm, whoa. I'm playing with my. I'm trying to turn her off the radio. That's us uh, dri- driving in Jeff's car right now and swerving. Trying to turn off the radio. Um, yeah. Um, that we went. They went a little over again. Um, and they weren't supposed to play electric, but they basically did the same style of show that they played at the store at the record store, which was which sounded fantastic when I watched the stream <coughs> on um, Pete. Uh, Paul's stream from um, uh, on Facebook. Oh, uh, cool! And um, Paul was sitting in front of us with Mike Starner, um, and um, it was just a, it was a it was an incredible experience. I, I, I really liked it. I, I'm sad the rest of our families didn't get to go. Um, yeah. but I loved having Ryan there. So thanks for going, Ryan. Yeah, it was a tight. It was like a tight gathering. Like you went in, you know. They they uh, Richard Blade introduced Mike. Um, or Mike introduced Richard Blade. Um, they showed the movie. They did a Q and A. 
There was, you acoustic know, set, uh, a little break, acoustic set, a few electric songs and done, but it really felt satisfying. The good thing about this one was it was a sit-down venue, but um, as, as other times when I've asked Mike to please have some way for people to stand up when he plays electric, he just basically told everyone to stand, stand up. up. And they did. Great. He didn't stand up because I told him to or anything. I just mean it no. was fantastic that they it did. It was a nice, good stand-up show. By the end, um, my voice hurt. So my voice my hurt. hurt. Sing along. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, I'm not going to say it was good as The Gathering, you know, 20, 19 years no, ago. No, because it didn't go on for four hours or anything like that. But, but, um, but I mean, it's it's also 20 years down the line. Is able to get a copy of Camo Jacket just like you? It's for, yeah, guys like Jeff and I who can't get to Wales anymore. Because of so much stuff that's going on in our lives, it was it was worth getting to. Um, yeah, and I hope that um, that we get this published before the New York gathering, <laughs> so people can hear that it's really worth going to. I mean, it's probably sold out already. Um, <coughs> the New York gathering has been sold out for weeks, Steve. Yeah, <coughs> they actually added forty more t- tickets today, which probably will all be gone by the time anyone hears this podcast. We'll be gone. And um, this one was yeah. sold out. Also, um, but if uh, and it was a good crowd too. I have to say, there are some plus ones or twos that that didn't show up of ours, so that um, lightened the load a little bit and made maybe the the fire marshal not have to come in. But it definitely was a great set of just rabbit alarm fans, which was great. Yeah, I noticed a lot of a lot of new people. You know, I mean the the thing that's kind of cool about Love Hope Strength is that it's brought in so many different new people. Um, than, than they were there before. So that was cool. We saw Greg Ponches. Greg, yes, Greg um, was there. Um, I got to confirm that he did work on Doom, drawing characters for yeah. the game Doom, which is pretty amazing. Awesome. Brian Travis was there. I didn't see Brian. Brian Travis was there with his girlfriend, and I talked to him a little about his record, which I purchased, and it's just utterly fantastic. Is it really good? And if so, if, the, if anyone listening to this wants to hear an incredible music inspired by the alarm, um, Brian Travers. Um, Brian Travis. Brian Travis. I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm waiting for this guy to do what he's going to do. Sorry, little uh, car car problems driving. Someone in a um, uh, car trouble, and it's not the Adam Ant song. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, trafficking. It's trafficking. <laughs> trafficking. Exactly. Can we play a little trafficking here? No. Maybe. Yeah. Let's play a little trafficking. Here.
Fresno butter butter. Fresno butter butter. So a lot of driving. So I'm baby boy. Wait, how about that? Yep. Every day I get up from off of the floor. I keep on coming back for more and more. So many times I get it. Down the road. Down the road also. Those are okay. small town boy with big town trees. Living easy, sleeping rough. I took my chances any way they could. Brought up on air, taught to be tough. Bonded together in blood. I do I am, shoulder to shoulder, taking on this world. Um, probably. Oh, there's some rivers to cross. Poor not going across now, the river. What about da- Road to Mexico? Road to Mexico. Crazy Dave. days in New York. Avenue A. Somewhere through the street lights, you could hear the music play. Everybody's swinging now. They got a change of pace. Candy Corona down here in the marketplace Gangmen along the bridge Twisted from the start But they said, hold on, you're way off course Now you're gone too far Remember what you started Ain't it time for you to blow Back to working for the dollar on the road That's a good song that's, that's by Fastball, Ryan. It's closing time by Fastball. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, was the guy? In fa- no, it wasn't Fastball. Who was the dude who drank himself into out of his band? Um, um that was that was uh, it, in the Camel Jacket movie. It, was it Fastball or no? Was it he wasn't. Other... He was in that other another band that was like they came as, came around the same time as Fast Fast Fastball. Fast, right. No, no, no. They, oh, was, Driving Crying is cool. Driving but... Crying documentary, which you cannot see. But I have two copies of. I can't, cannot see. <coughs> I have it. On um, is fantastic. Good. I want another documentary. So, so all in all, um, the the L.A. Gathering success. Like L.A. Gathering success, and one other interesting alarm note um, is that um, episode ten of uh, Thirteen Reasons Why, which it's, which I think is just an incredible series that's on um, Netflix right now. It's a, it comes from a young adult novel, but they did an incredible job of turning it into something that is really compelling. 
episode 10's credits have the stand in it, and um, there's it's not a, just the credits. And anyway, we're we're gonna is have it not just the credits. I planned a whole podcast. Well, on let me say something about because it. it starts before the credits. Uh, and it's just like Black Mirror's um, and, Shut Up and Dance. And it's extremely important to the story. Now, in my version of Netflix, it, it changes to the next episode. Yeah, no, no, right, right. You way before you get to that. Um, and so I didn't get to hear the whole thing. I might no, you don't get the whole again. thing, but I mean, it's incredibly important. Anyway, let's not talk about that now. Let's just, that's that's, that's a good podcast. teaser for the next podcast. Because finally we're going to have two podcasts in a row that aren't going to come out Nine months after one another. We are. We promised to do a monthly alarm podcast. There's so many things going on right now. So much stuff going on. Dave Sharp's going to be playing live, going to open for the band in, in Europe. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, Dave Sharp. Let's just point that out. They're coming out on the Vans tour. Dave was the only person, alarm-related person I know of, that did not speak a word in the Man in the Camel Jacket movie. However, he's touring with the uh, the alarm. This, I mean, touring. He's opening. Opening for them. So... I don't know about... I don't know if Dave just didn't want to do it. You know, Dave's notoriously quiet. He's a quiet uh, guy. Notoriously uh, doesn't do that sort of thing. But it was great to... Um, it was it was, it was was great to hear that he was going to be on the tour. So, um, so Dave will be touring. Lots of stuff coming up. Like you said, Vans Warped Tour. Um, <clears throat> lots of shows in the summer. Um, we, lots of great... You, can you do, um, so it'll be... Um, we do plan to have whoa, whoa, a, a podcast at least once a month um, for this entire year. This is the first one of many. We do have one where we're going to go through um, um, our our favorite uh, favorite alarm songs, favorite alarm albums that we'd put together. Oh yeah, the Two album that we would both make, um, which um, is funny because because the cross is on mine, and that was a, it. Was so great books. to hear that. Uh, well, album of all the songs actually better actually released to the public, not just ones we only know about because we got a tape or an mp3 from Mike that never turned into something right those but, don't um, count but those don't count and neither do but I mean solo. we played one of those on our first podcast yeah we did last but, June I'm, the test podcast um, and, and I mean anything that's been pulled, recorded on a CD and sold to the public is okay um, uh, anyway we'll get to that that'll be another podcast down the line um, let's sure. go out with a song what song do you want to go uh, you know what podcast. let's play a little bit of the new uh, I'm going to call it a hit the new hit single. Oh, from the from the uh, um, from, from the man of the camo jacket. Uh, yeah, you mean coming backwards. Coming backwards. That will leave you with coming backwards. So this has been never let the fire die. The alarm podcast number Next, two. Number two. Special guest. <laughs> and with Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. With Ryan. Special guest. Say goodbye. Special guest of Ryan. Goodbye. All right. And Ryan, we'll... Ryan's twelve, so he's not actually three. We oh. did not take a three-year-old. <laughs> anyway, um, Never Let the Fire Die, Alarm Podcast, and we're going out with, uh, with this incredible song that I really love. No, coming, <laughs> coming backwards. Coming backwards. My profile picture's not the real me. I confess I'm not what I see. My emotions are the only thing that I have betrayed. Scratch the surface, you'll see I bleed. Just like any other human being When I cry in the night I won't ever let you see the tears Over, under, sideways, down Inside, outside, all the way around Fighting, fighting, fighting The same battle Over and over, over and over again And again and again and again 
couple show notes before we end. I want to say that a couple things I missed. One, uh, Russ Kendall absolutely was there interviewing people for Man in the Camel Jacket. He certainly interviewed me. I have no idea why I brain farted on that. Uh, two, we're going to have to confirm with Mike which guitar broke and which one he was playing. I think Jeff was a little confused there. So we'll figure that one out and report next time. Um, we uh, missed Dave Sharp's Big Road Blue song, unfortunately, in our road songs. I want to point out that that was at the point we were. We did almost get into that accident on the freeway, so um, I think we were a little nervous. Anyway, uh, it was a fun to do a sec second show. I'm so happy we got it done. This has been the Never Let the Fire Die podcast, the official podcast of TheAlarm.com. Never Let the Fire Die is hosted by Steve Fulton and Jeff Fulton. See you next time. Never, 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 never,